So, 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 5. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. My little children, these things I write unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He is, <coughs> excuse me, he is the propitiation of our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Father, we ask you to bless the reading of your word. I pray right now that you would fill me with your spirit. Lord, we ask you to work in our midst, and we're calling upon you because we need to hear from you. Lord, take your word, plant it in our heart. God, if there's someone here that's not saved, we pray today they would believe in you and be saved. Lord, if there's one here that has a need, I pray that that one would come to you for that need and have that need met and find that it's only in you will that be met. Father, bless our time together. I pray that you'd bind the devil and his demons and that you wouldn't let him bother us, distract us, but that we can focus on your word. And Lord, we love you and we want to exalt your name. God, I ask you again for your help. I pray you'd fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Can I ask you a question? Is there anything more important than fellowship with God? Is, think about that. Is there anything on the face of this earth more important than fellowship with God? If I could take you back to the beginning, in the beginning when it was just Adam and Eve prior to their fall, do you know what they used to do with God in the cool of the day? God would come down and walk with them. They had intimate fellowship with God. Do you know that it is said of Abraham that Abraham was a friend of God? He had fellowship with God. Noah, the Bible tells us, walked with God. He had fellowship with God. Enoch walked with God and the Bible said he was not. He just went walking with God one day and God said, Enoch, won't you just come on home with me? And he just went on with him. And he never tasted death. All throughout the Bible, there's an emphasis placed on a relationship with God. Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship with the person of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It is a personal relationship with Him. And so I submit to you, all throughout eternity, God's people will have intimate fellowship with God. And so I submit to you this morning, there is nothing more important than our fellowship with God. Why do you come here on Sunday morning? You come and you, you uh, perhaps you, you, you give and you sing and you worship. Why? Is it not because that we can have fellowship with God? Fellowship with God is extremely important. 
Matter of fact, I say that it is so important that every area of our life ought to emanate, ought to overflow out of our relationship with the Lord, our fellowship with Him. It's very important. But let me tell you, according to the Scripture, there are some conditions for our fellowship with the Lord. There are some things that have to be in place so that we can have this unhindered, unmarred fellowship with the Lord. Now some people think that the, the book of 1 John was written to, to prove your salvation. That's not it. The whole theme of the book is fellowship. He's talking to believers. It's not a book about salvation. It's a book to those who are already saved. And he tells them that fellowship is extremely important in our lives. Notice with me what he says here in verse number 5. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. This word message in the Greek actually means an announcement. John is making an announcement. He says long before he talks about fellowship and the conditions for fellowship, he makes an announcement. What is the announcement? The announcement is God is light. In Him is no darkness at all. There's no speck or spot of darkness in God. Now, let me just show you something. Have you ever noticed that there's never a half sun? Have you ever noticed that there's not a crescent sun? Have you ever noticed there's not a three-quarter sun? There's no darkness in the sun whatsoever. It's all light. Now, the moon can be three-quarters. It can be crescent. It can be half. But the sun's never that way. Now, some somebody sent back, well, there's some kind of eclipse that happens once every... No, come on. Forget that. Bear with me here. There's no spot of darkness in the sun. In so much as that's what heats the earth. Let me tell you, just as there's no spot of darkness in the S-U-N, there is no spot of darkness in the S-O-N. God is perfect. God is holy. God is righteous. And long before we can ever talk about fellowship with Him, we have to establish that because God is so holy and so righteous, there has to be conditions upon that fellowship. You remember Moses. Moses went on top of the mountain. And he received from God and his face shone so brightly that he had to veil his face. There is no darkness. And so this is the message. God is light. Jesus Christ comes onto the scene. God in human form. He comes and He's born and He lives on this earth and He's teaching in the book of John. And in John chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible tells us, and we're going to pull it up there for me real quick. John 1 and 9, it says this. It, not 1 John 1 9, John 1 9. The Gospel of John 1 9. I was hopefully had pulled up there and had to pull it. But here He is. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. You remember, here John the Baptist is baptizing all this and he sees Jesus he says, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Jesus comes along and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. In John chapter 8 and verse 12, he says this, Speaking of himself, he said, Then spake Jesus again to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 
In 1 John, you'll notice throughout our, as we go through this study, Jesus, John speaks of Jesus and God as He is light, He is love, and He is life. All throughout that, we'll see that in this book. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. I am the light of the world. In John chapter 9 and verse 5, Jesus said this, speaking. He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John chapter 12, verse 35, He says this. He says, then Jesus said unto them, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Verse 36, please. While you have light, believe in the light that you may be the children of the light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide Himself from them. Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Jesus goes away and He says, believe in the light while you have light. I'm going away. When He goes away, He's sending the Holy Spirit to come. And when He went away, He tells us, you are the light of the world. We became the light of the world. The church is here to be the light of the world in a world full of darkness. God is light. And there is no darkness. What is darkness? Luke twenty-two fifty-three. Darkness is of Satan. Remember, this is your hour and the power of darkness when Jesus was dying on the, getting ready to die on the cross. This is your hour and the power of darkness. So there's a big contrast made here. God is light. Now listen to me. If we are going to fellowship with God, then we have to fellowship on His terms. And He tells us there are some conditions to this. Notice in verse number 6. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. The first thing that we have to understand about fellowship with God is we have to come truthfully. Truthfully. There are three statements in here that says, if we say. If we say. In other words, if we say something and do something opposite, we're liars. That's what he says. And what he is telling us is, is that we have to come truthfully to God. Do you know that God knows us? He knows everything about us. He knows every thought we have. He knows every word we speak. He knows everything about us. And God says in His Word through John, if you say that you have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, you lie. Truthfulness. Now, we have to stop there and talk about this walking in darkness and this walking in light. What is he talking about when he talks about walking in darkness? Well, easily enough, walking in darkness is walking in sin. It doesn't mean that you stumble and you fall into sin. It means that you're practicing sin. There are believers who are saved and yet they practice sin. They're caught up in sin. Now, some people will come along and say, well, they're not saved. Well, they haven't read 1 John. He's speaking to believers. And he's saying, listen, there can be some people who can give themselves back over to the control of a certain particular sin in their lives. And you can't have fellowship with God walking in darkness, practicing sin. You cannot have fellowship in God. I've told you this story before. 
There's a, a, a man who was a, a Bible scholar. And one of the study Bibles, he wrote the commentary notes for one of the books of the Bible. Perhaps his best work. Later it came out that while he was doing that, he was having an extramarital affair. And do you know that perhaps his best work that he ever did, he'll not receive a reward for it because he was walking in darkness. Can't have fellowship. If we agree on the statement that having fellowship with God is more important than anything, then we must agree that we cannot, we don't even want to, we don't even want to relish the thought of walking in darkness. Guys, where are the people who are broken hearted talking about people who are caught in the grasp of Satan and walking in darkness? It ought to break our hearts. We talk about people, well, they're doing this, doing that. We ought to be heartbroken that they're not having fellowship with God because they're walking in darkness. It ought to break our hearts. We, guys, listen to me. This is not, like I said, just a one-time stumbling, falling into sin. This is a habitual practice. And furthermore, may I say to you that society is cramming it down our throats. All of these programs that are on TV, the advertisement, it all has an agenda. And the agenda is of the power of darkness. It's not of walking in the light. And they're going after our kids and they're targeting us. Why? Because they don't want us to walk in light. There's one particular presidential candidate who's living in open rebellion to God's Word, and he wants to lecture Christians on how we are not biblical. You know, the Bible says, the day would come when men would call good evil and evil good. We are in that day. That's not political, that's truth. Walk in darkness. You can't walk in darkness and have fellowship. So what does he say? He says, walk in in light. Now walk in light doesn't mean that you and I are walking perfectly because no one here is perfect. Matter of fact, if you don't believe me, go down and read verse 10. It says if we, if we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar. And the truth and His Word is not in us. So, walking in the light means that we're living in accordance to the Word of God. God's Word says it, we believe it, we obey it, we walk in it. That's walking in the light. And that's what we have to have to have fellowship with God. What happened when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden? Immediately they were what? Separated from God. That fellowship was broken. And God says there's a way that that fellowship can be restored and that's through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But how can we, who are dead to sin, live in it any longer? How can those of us that have been to the cross of Jesus Christ and believed in Jesus Christ, how can we want to walk in darkness? How can we even laugh at it or even flirt with it? Walk in light. And notice what he says when we walk in light. There's another outcome. We have fellowship one with another. Now, this text here, 
It's confusing because a lot of people think that it says fellowship one with another. It means that we have fellowship with each other in the church. That's not what he's talking about. He says truly our fellowship back in in, uh, verse number uh, 3. We didn't cover it today. We covered it last week. He said, but truly our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. What he's talking about there is when we walk in the light, we have fellowship with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. We fellowship. You know what fellowship means? It's that communion with Him. It's that idea of having a perfect communion with God. An intimate relationship with God. And so one of the conditions of having that is to walk in the light. And the blood of Christ continually cleanses us. Aren't you glad there remaineth no more sacrifice? Aren't you glad He paid for it once for all? I am so thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. I know there are denominations that want to take the blood out of the hymn book and they don't want to preach about the blood, but let me tell you, it's the precious blood of Jesus Christ. There is no blood like the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we have to walk in the light. Now what happens if we mess up? Because we as humans are going to mess up. Anybody going to mess up? Anyone here ever mess up? Anybody agree with me? I'm just going to say I don't mess up, I'm just a mess. (laughs) I'm just a mess. What happens? Well, we have to come to the Lord not only truthfully, but we have to come cleanly. Cleanly. Do you know in the Old Testament, they were used to have to purify themselves and and clean themselves and, and prepare weeks in ahead of time to come in and worship God. He says here in verse number 8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have to come to Him cleanly. Listen to me. There is no reason why anyone would ever have to approach God unclean. Because Jesus Christ has said, those of us that know Him and believe in Him and trust in Him, when we're walking in the light and we step, we stumble and we mess up and our fellowship is marred, it's hindered, what do we do? We go to confessing. What does confessing mean? We say the same thing that God says about it. We don't lay down on our bed at night and say, Dear Lord, forgive me for all my sins and go to sleep. God, I lied to you. Oh, and by the way, lying is still a sin. And a little white lie is a lie. Just free. Squirrel. If we confess our sins, if I come to God and say, God, I blew this, I said this, and I shouldn't have, I did this, and I shouldn't have done that. And I'm confessing to you, it's wrong, Lord, I'm sorry. The Bible says He cleanses and we can come to Him and have that fellowship immediately restored. And we have that wonderful, perfect fellowship. We can walk in the light again. Aren't you glad that God is more gracious than we are? Perhaps some of you sitting in this room haven't spoken to someone in years or someone hasn't spoken to you in years over something trivial that happened. Aren't you glad God's not that way? God says if you'll just acknowledge it, if you'll just confess it, I'll forgive you. And I won't only forgive you, but I'll cleanse you. If I bring a pile of dirt and dump it right here on the carpet... 
after we resuscitate the deacons, um, then we sweep it up and we vacuum and we scrub it and we clean it. There's no trace of the dirt there. It's been cleansed. When we're walking in the light and we come along and we stumble into darkness and, and we, we sin, immediately we stop and we confess our sins and we're sincere to God and we're coming cleanly to Him and we're confessing God cleanses us and forgives us of our sins. And we can continue to walk in light. We continue to walk in the light. And we can have fellowship with God. The Creator, the One who created heaven and earth, wants a relationship with us and invites us to come to Him and invites us to have fellowship with Him. But we come on His terms. And see, the world doesn't like this. They want God to come on their terms. But God's Word is, whole, is perfect and He says this, listen, if you'll just come and confess your sins, we'll forgive you and cleanse you. So we go to verse number 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. The third way we come, first way is truthfully, second way is cleanly, the last way we come is independence upon Him, not ourselves. The person that says this in verse 10 says, I haven't sinned, is someone who is self-reliant and thinks he is better than everyone else. The person who comes along and says, I have no sin, is a self-righteous person that is only fooling himself. The only reason we can come, and I didn't plan this, we schedule our, uh, our communion, you know, one, at the beginning of the year, we do it once a month, each, each same time, each month. And it fell right on this when we're going to talk about the advocate. The only reason you and I can come is because He has invited us and He has paid the price that we can go. So we don't come thinking we're better than anybody else. We don't come with a self-righteous attitude thinking that everybody should be like I am. Oh, heavens no. Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. So we come to Him in dependence upon Him. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. And I love what He says in, in chapter 2 and verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. I want to write these to you because we don't want you to sin. But listen, if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He, Jesus Christ the righteous, is the propitiation. It's a theological word that means satisfaction. He satisfied God's righteous demands for our sins. And not for ours only, but for also the sins of the whole world. I stand here and tell you, the only way that any of us have access to God and can even think about having fellowship with God is through the advocacy of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love it. You know the devil is the accuser of the brethren, the Bible says. He's accusing us day and night before the Father. 
And you stumble into sin and you confess it and you're cleansed and now you're coming back into fellowship with God and, and you're relying upon Him and what He's done. And the devil goes and makes an accusation. Did you see what so-and-so did? And Jesus stands up and says, I object. It's covered under the blood. He's our advocate. He argues on our behalf. He argues on our behalf. There is one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. The only way that you and I can even think of having fellowship with God is through the person of Jesus Christ and His grace and His mercy and what He did on the cross of Calvary. Oh, church, if we get a hold of this and we'd see how much it is that God really loves us and how much He has gone to show us He loves us and how that we can be set free from sin and that if we draw nigh unto Him, He'll draw nigh unto us and how we can walk in the light and we can have fellowship with God. Because of Jesus Christ and what He's done. And how fitting in a few moments we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper. We're going to gather around the table and we're going to take the bread and the cup which represents His body and blood. And we're going to remember His death day as He asked us to do. And we're going to do that because He's our advocate. And because we can have fellowship with God because Jesus Christ and what He has done. Every year, Hebrews teaches us, every year they would have to enter into the, the, the Holy of Holies with the blood, and, uh, the blood of bulls and goats. And you know what? The priests had to have one also because they were human, flawed. But there came a sacrifice. Jesus Christ. God who was always with God, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, came to this earth. He lived. He never sinned. He fulfilled the law. And He died on a cross, paying your debt and my debt, a debt we couldn't pay. And He was buried. And He arose again, victorious over death, hell, and the grave, the Bible says. And those of us that have come and believed in the light, Him. We believed in Him. We passed from death unto life. Because of the Advocate and the work He did on the cross of Calvary, we can have fellowship with God. Our songs have meaning. Above all, means something. All the songs up from the grave, He rose. It has meaning because of the advocacy of Jesus Christ. The problem is, church, the more we're here on this earth, the more accustomed we get to the darkness of this earth, and the more we take our focus off of fellowship with God and put it on the earth... And the more we're being pulled into darkness rather than walking in light, we need to remember the advocacy of Jesus. I don't have to do that. I don't have to watch that filth. I don't have to listen to that garbage. I don't have to participate in that because I have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ. 
in our land, church people are laughing. Christians, born again Christians, are laughing about what God calls sin. What it cost Jesus His very life to die. We laugh about it and make a joke and scoff about it. It's not funny. Do you want fellowship with God? Do you want fellowship with the Father? We've been asking you to read through your Bible and let me encourage you to keep it up. But listen, don't get caught up in just trying to check it off. It's, It's a real thing, man. You can get caught up in that. I'm going to check my box I read today. I'm good. You can get caught up in that and miss out on it. Read the Word of God to fellowship with God. Look for God in every page. Man, I've been reading some crazy stuff in Numbers. Who's with me? I'm reading that and I'm like, man, we need some of that today. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyways, listen, don't get caught up in it. Don't get caught up in just coming to church just to be here, to fulfill your obligation. Don't just give because you're afraid if you don't give, you're gonna, something's going to happen to you. Don't give so you get. Give because you want a fellowship with God. Come to Sunday school tonight and sit up front and listen to your teacher and answer questions. And yeah, I know the kids are over there. I'm talking to you adults. And sit up there and get involved in it and fellowship with God. Because you can. Because of Jesus Christ, you can. Man, do you realize what we are? We're overcomers. The Bible says we're victorious in Jesus. We're victors. We're conquerors. We're not on the defense. We're on the offense. Walk in the light. Fellowship with Almighty. Isn't that wonderful? You can leave here today. You can go to your home this afternoon and you can spend time with God intimately and enjoy it. Tomorrow and the next day and the next day, the rest of your life, you can enjoy it. But let me just tell you this. When you set out to read the Bible, don't think that the devil is just going to let you do it by yourself. Now, I understand the devil is not omnipresent. He does not have the same attributes God has. He can't be everywhere at once. But he does have a demonic force. And your flesh is bent against you. That's why, you, that's why your flesh has to die. Right. Your flesh can't enter into heaven. You say, well, what about the rapture? In the moment of twinkling eye, your body will be changed. Your flesh cannot inherit the kingdom. won't be there. That's why it has to die. It's not your friend. It's your enemy. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the advocate. Keep your eyes on Him. Don't give up. Don't quit. Yes, you might stumble. Yes, you might fall. Get up and get going again. You might miss two days reading the Bible. Start where you are and don't worry about it. Get back on track. Do it because you want to fellowship with Jesus. Everything we do, we want to do it because it's our relationship with Jesus. If everything flows out of our relationship with Him and our fellowship with Him, we will be more faithful than we ever were. And you say, well, preacher, listen, I just can't do it. You're thinking wrong. Stop thinking that way. You can do it or He wouldn't instruct us to do it. You can walk in light. We like that. We like an out, don't we? We want to give God an out. Well, I just can't do it. I'm just just an old sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. You're a saint. The Bible never refers to you as an old sinner saved by grace. That's That's a song somebody wrote. 
The Bible refers to us as saints, born again, blood-washed, Bible believers on our way to heaven. We're children of God. That's what we are. Let's live like it. Don't let, don't let the devil fool you into thinking that you can't do it. You can do it. In Jesus' name, you can have fellowship with God. And I tell you this, our fellowship ought to be so real with God, we'd be like Enoch, Lord, just take, I'm ready to go right now. Let's just go. How's your fellowship with Him? Would you bow with me this morning?